At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. It's the Larry Kudlow Show. Free market prosperity starts here. Now, here's Larry Kudlow. Hello, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. Welcome to the Larry Kudlow Show. That's, if I get this right this week, LarryKudlowShow.com. You can live stream us all across the country, throughout the world, and including the solar system. We have a terrific following throughout the solar system. So much to do today, as almost always. I want to begin... I just have to begin with this Hunter Biden story where, you know, the New York Post argued, this goes back 17 months, that they had Hunter Biden's laptop computer, they found it in a Delaware repair shop, and the New York Times and all these outlets, cable news, everybody in the world, including all these dummies, these spooks, these left-wing spooks. It's on the front page of the New York Post. And the people who don't get the Post, you can get it online. And um, all of Hunter's various nefarious dealings, corrupt dealings with Russia, with Ukraine, with China, with his tax returns. And everybody denied this during the campaign in 2020. Russian disinformation, they called it. Russian disinformation. There really was no computer. Facebook, YouTube, everybody said didn't exist. Of course it existed. And as the Wall Street Journal editorial put it today, the New York Post deserves a Pulitzer Prize instead of the dummies that got a Pulitzer Prize uh, for what became known as the Russian hoax, a complete hoax. President Trump was completely exonerated from many of these things. But um, I just, this is just a wonderful story. All these uh, CIA and directors of national intelligence, Michael Hayden, Panetta, James Clapper, John Brennan. Of course, James Clapper and John Brennan lied continuously before Congress. They should be busted for it, but they never did. Mike Morrell. Just looking at this, it's an incredible story. CNN pundit James Clapper. Now, he was the head of, he was the director of national intelligence, if I'm not mistaken, uh, during the Obama years. And he was a big Hillary Clinton supporter. CNN pundit James Clapper headed a letter by 51 former intelligence officials in October 2020. October 2020, so that's 17 months ago, to cast out that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation, quote-unquote. Even as the laptop has been confirmed again and again, none of them will apologize or admit they were wrong. And as I said, uh, all of Hunter Biden's nefarious, corrupt dealings on this laptop. I mean, Hunter Biden's going to be in a heap of trouble. He's got tax return problems, going to be indicted for that. But he will uh, be indicted for other things if anybody pursues it. 
Should be a special counsel, if you ask me. And, of course, his father was involved in this, uh, getting money through various circuitous lanes. China money. I don't know if he got Ukraine money or not. I don't know all the story. But the story of the story is the disinformation, the fact that all these New York Times on down, all these media outlets, all these intelligence experts, quote-unquote, who falsely discredited Hunter Biden's laptop. And um, they won't apologize. They will not say they're sorry. It's just typical how the mainstream media is just so pathetic. So pathetic. By the way, it makes me proud to be part of Fox. Fox reported this continuously, which gives me a little bit of a hook for the Fox Business uh, show, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5 p.m. name of the show is Cudlow. Please dial us up. You'll enjoy it. Many of the same themes you'll hear on these Saturday shows here at uh, WABC. But it's a pathetic story. Okay, I'm not going to... We'll probably visit it later on in our Money Politics segment with Monica Crowley and Liz Peake today. Steve Moore's got a little vacation day or something, wherever he may be. But just it's just a pathetic story. And I just wanted to raise that story. It shows to all the lengths that these mainstream media people will go to deny the truth, the corruption of the, of the Bidens, father and son. I know the big guy is the president, and um, he's doing so much damage to the country. But just these things, you know, it's incredible to me, the collusion that all these mainstream media outlets, the liberal left collusion against the truth. You know, the truth will set you uh, free if only you report it. And they're supposed to report it, but of course they don't. So they got caught with their pants down. The New York Times finally fessed up. Okay? Finally fessed up. Now, we will review the Ukrainian war story. General Jack Keane will be on at the uh, 11 a.m. hour and talk about um, the goings-on. I want to lead with just a remarkable piece in yesterday's uh, Wall Street Journal by my friend Walter Russell Mead, Professor Walter Russell Mead, teaches school at Byard College in uh, upstate New York. He's a part of the Hudson Institute, which is a good, strong, conservative think tank. He was on the Cudlow Show on Fox Business uh, last night. We had him on a couple weeks ago. But point that he makes about all of this You know, I'll read you, quote you directly. The past two weeks have changed the world. Mr. Putin's Russia turns out to be weaker and Ukraine stronger than many Westerners thought. And then he goes on, there is more. As Big New Brzezinski put it, it cannot be stressed enough that without Ukraine, Russia ceases to be an empire. But with Ukraine, suborned, And then subordinated, Russia automatically becomes an empire. Here's Meade's thought. Don't let Putin off the hook. Don't let Putin off the hook. Forget about off-ramps. The key to success is to pursue a retreating enemy. 
Now, I don't know if Russia is retreating right now, but I sure know that they're not winning. Are they losing? I think they are losing because they failed to take any major cities. Their strengths in the southern part of Ukraine, to be sure, and the eastern part, but they haven't taken Kiev. They haven't taken uh, uh, Lviv. And um, the Ukrainians are fighting bravely for their own freedom and for the sovereignty of their country. And I would say right now, Putin, who is a despised figure on the world stage, he is a war criminal. His army has failed, the so-called Red Army. People say I shouldn't call it the Red Army, but it is the Red Army. Conscripts, young men who had no idea they were being sent to fight in Ukraine, don't want to fight. There's stories running around that they're shooting themselves in the legs to get off that some officers have done, that they're literally with Ukrainian bullets shooting themselves in the legs in order to get out of this. The so-called 40-mile convoy going to Kiev uh, has failed. So I don't know if I would say Russia is losing, but they sure aren't winning. And I would say relative to expectations, they're losing. And so Putin, the most despised man in the world, a war criminal, Biden finally called him a war criminal, finally. Finally, it took him two passes, uh, I guess on Tuesday when he was having his news conference. He said, first he said no, then he came back and said, well, did you say is he a war criminal? Yes, he's a war criminal. And then it was used again yesterday. So better late than never. But uh, Putin is reduced now to all these aerial bombings of the cities, of civilians, of maternity wards, of hospitals, of apartment buildings, committing crimes against humanity for which he should and must be tried in the world courts. The sanctions, the economic sanctions are by and large working. It's not 100%. It's never going to be 100%. But their currency, the ruble, has been destroyed. Their stock market is shut down. Their economy is plunging. Their inflation rate is soaring. The central bank has 635 billion some odd foreign exchange reserves. But because of sanctions on the central bank, they cannot cash in on them. Half of them are overseas. They own a lot of gold, but they can't sell the gold because gold dealers around the world are self-sanctioning, which is great. And a lot of the oil crowd is self-sanctioning. Not all, but much. Their oil output is way down. The cash they're receiving is down. We put you know, sanctions on their oil imports to the United States. Biden, of course, is always late. He's always late. This guy's like he's, he's chasing a stock, but he can never get the right bid. But whatever, Russia is in very bad shape and reduced to bombing civilians. The world hates them. It's a lesson to the Chinese. But the point is, with Walter Russell Mead. That what Putin must do now, what I beg your pardon, what Biden must do now, what Biden must do now is to make the defeat of Putin 
the core of his entire global foreign policy. Do not let Putin off the hook. Make Putin pay an exorbitant price. And uh, Walter Russell Mead quotes the old Prussian general from the 19th century, Karl von Clausewitz. The key to success is to pursue a retreating enemy. When an enemy is in retreat, it is possible to inflict the greatest damage on his forces, disorganized and disheartened. And Clausewitz basically got that from Napoleon. The past two weeks would change the world. It's a fantastic article. You can get it on the Wall Street Journal's uh, op-ed pages from, from yesterday. Nothing matters more right now to the peace of the world and the security of the United States than crippling Mr. Putin's drive to rebuild an aggressive and despotic empire by waging a criminal war. That's Walter Russell Mead. Forget about, forget about global warming. Forget about Iran and, and, and giving Russia money to build a nuclear reactor in Iran. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. Just take full advantage of Putin's weakness and inflict as much damage on him as we possibly can. Will Biden do that? I don't know. He's always late. His sanctions were put on too late. There's no reason, by the by, why the United States shouldn't support the transfer of these MiG airliners, these MiG fighter jets, to Ukraine, for heaven's sakes. Just, just say yes. You know, one of the problems with Biden throughout this whole period is every time Putin barks, Biden retreats underneath the nearby desk. He doesn't bark back. I mean, he needs a dose of Reagan. Remember Reagan, during the Cold War, blasting the communists, the old Soviet Union communists, Reagan called him the evil empire. And people said, oh, no, you're stirring up a hornet's nest. Don't do that. He did it. Reagan said, we win, you lose. Tear down this wall. Once in radio, Reagan's radio broadcast. Remember this? I think it was 1981. He used to have these Saturday radio broadcasts that were so great. And on one of them, Reagan, who was a master communicator, who had been a radio guy his whole life, so he starts off testing, testing, in 15 seconds we'll bomb Moscow. I mean, that stuff is great tough. We win, you lose. Biden doesn't do any of that. Until he called uh, Putin the war criminal, he never even said anything about Putin. He should be blasting Putin left and right, and he doesn't do it. And neither do his little minions. And they should. They absolutely should. So, the title of this piece, Putin's Failure is Biden's Opportunity. Don't let, don't let Putin off. Now, I also want to touch upon, and we will review this when General Keene comes on at the top of the next hour, but 
I mean, just when you think the Biden administration can't get any worse, they disprove you. They hit a new low. Here's the new low, Iran. Iran. The Bidens are a party to negotiations with Iran to resurrect the old nuclear treaty that Trump wisely ended our participation. They are on the verge, I mean, it's a day-by-day thing of making a deal with one of America's greatest enemies. And incidentally, we're not even, we're not even, we, the United States government, the Biden government, is not even negotiating directly. We're negotiating through Russia. Through Russia. It's absolutely remarkable. Iran happens to be Israel's greatest enemy. Israel is America's greatest ally in the Middle East, maybe in the entire world. They're choosing Iran over Israel. It's incredible. And as part of this deal, listen to this. They're going to provide $10 billion to a Russian construction company that would be permitted to carve out the sanctions on Ukraine and build a nuclear facility in Iran, which they say is for peaceful purposes, but believe me, it won't be. $10 billion to Russia so they can build a nuclear system, a nuclear facility in Iran. And we would declare the Revolutionary Guard, which runs all the terrorist operations in the Middle East and elsewhere, financing Hezbollah and Hamas and Houthis, they would be reclassified not as terrorists anymore. They would lose their terrorist classification. And we give $10 billion and probably another $10 or $11 billion for the release of four hostages. We may wind up giving more money to Iran than we've given to Ukraine. Why are we doing this? It's utterly incredible. As the Iranians chant death to America and death to Israel, and they lie about their nuclear development, and they cheat, and they steal, and they won't let the United Nations or anybody else inspect their key areas. And the Revolutionary Guard military arm would be declassified. They're not terrorists. Of course they're terrorists. It is one of the worst stories imaginable. In the middle of this Ukrainian war, at a moment when we should be taking Putin to the cleaners. We're letting them negotiate for us. We're going to give them $10 billion to build a nuclear facility. We're going to desert our great ally, Israel. Remarkable. i got to take a quick break. I'm going to take a quick break here and come back and cap this off. I'm Larry Kudlow. I mean, the Bidens hit a new low with this Iranian business. They should not let Putin off the hook, and they should cease any discussions with Iran. It's utterly incredible. The worst foreign policy, maybe in the history of the United States, certainly in the last 100 years. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is The Larry Kudlow Show. We'll be right back after this. 
from Wall Street to the White House. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Just a quick note before we bring on Steve Forbes. He's going to talk about inflation problem, public enemy number one. The Federal Reserve raised interest rates by one quarter of 1%. So that's just fabulous. The CPI is 8%. The PPI is 10%. Import prices are 11%. And the Fed raised their target rate by one quarter of one point. Uh, It's kind of a joke. They're not making any moves. They're not doing anything to really curb inflation. And I raise it now as a prelude to our next guest, Steve Forbes, because... um, this is not going to end well. We are moving into a stagflation period where inflation is faster than growth. And eventually, the central bank will have to take actions. And unfortunately, sometime next year, we're probably going to find ourselves in a downturn, in a recession. So we'll talk about that with our next guest, Steve Forbes of Forbes Media and his new book about inflation. I'm Kudlow. The Iranian thing is the worst thing I have ever seen. The worst. How can Biden's deal with Iran? It's utterly incredible. <laughs> 